I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Episode 125, 125 of Blue Jays Nation Radio, brought to you by our friends at PointsBet Canada. Very exciting stuff over at PointsBet Canada. Maybe you want to lay a little World Series future on the Toronto Blue Jays. Maybe you're just itching to bet on spring training baseball. Either way, when the time comes, Points Bet Canada will have you covered. Coomzy from Brazil. We're so far away, yet still doing a pod together. Magic of the internet. Welcome to the future. We can talk about baseball anytime, anywhere, and that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants to hear my perspective from Brazil. And I should say, I should clarify that I'm not in the capital right now getting involved in any extracurricular activities. I am in my girlfriend's hometown. Very nice. Just wanted to clarify. Just wanted to clarify. What's the weather like there? It's really hot. I don't miss Edmonton's cold, but I have a very hard time in this heat. I was, I'm a, I'm a pretty thick guy mm-hmm. and I was not built for like 31 degrees and humid consistently with a very strong sun. Yeah, fair. So is this like, is this a warm time of the year down there or is it like, because it wouldn't be their winter right now, would it? No, this is supposed to be like the most reasonable time to come. Like I went for the first time last year in March. And that's when it starts to get hot and it was fucked like 35 degrees every day. And we're here right now in like rainy season and it's supposed to be raining all the time, but that hasn't really been the case. It's still quite hot. I get the, I get the vibe that it never gets cold here. Fair. It's not a thing. Uh, speaking of hot, how about the hot stove around major league baseball, everybody? Uh, the blue Jays making another, uh, splash i guess you could call it it's not a big splash or anything like that but they went out and they signed brandon belt to a one-year 9.3 million dollar deal there's a couple of other fringe moves that we're gonna go uh we're we're gonna get through a lot of this but let's start with belt he's a big fan of the ritz carlton chicken strips um sure why not that seems like a good enough reason to sign in toronto but i actually i'm a big fan of this one like he kind of checks a lot of the boxes that you want He can maybe give Vladdy some extra breaks at first base. He's cheap, only 9.3 million bucks, and he's a bounce-back candidate. Like, I think there's a chance for him to greatly outperform that $9.3 million contract at the high end of things, and even at the low end, he's a good bench player, and he bats left and can play first. Like, I I really like this all around. 
I'll be honest, when I first looked at this and I saw Brandon Belts coming in at a $9.3 million contract or whatever it was, I think it was 9.3, right? Yeah, yep. it's 9.3. I saw that and I thought, this is really weird because for the past, I don't know what, what's it been, like two, three weeks since the Dalton Bar Show trade, the kind of weakness in his game is that he's a big lefty bat that struggles against lefty pitching naturally. And kind of what we all decided was, okay, the Jays are going to go out and sign some guy that can mash lefties. Maybe it's like Andrew McCutcheon or Adam Duvall or, you know, a name like that. And then they all of a sudden go out and they sign Brandon Belt, who's not only left-handed and isn't obviously a lefty masher, but it's also a first baseman DH type. So this isn't somebody who can platoon with Kevin Kiermeyer slash Dalton Barsho in the outfield. This is a guy who, who, who doesn't really fit the spot in the roster that we were talking about. But then I went and looked at his numbers and the seasons that he had in the COVID season in 2020. And then last year, or not last year, but the year before last in 2021. And his numbers were huge. He puts up a 988 OPS. He hits 38 home runs over the course of those two seasons. And then, you know, in 2022, he's dealing with that horrific knee pain that he thought was going to possibly end his career. And I, I mean, to be honest with you, I had no idea the numbers were that good. So now that gets me quite excited about the ad. It's 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 interesting. The Jays, we've complained for so long, were so right-handed. And now they've made themselves quite a bit more left-handed this offseason. It's a lot more balanced of a lineup, for sure. And uh, Bell, just on his health, said, quote, I can honestly say it's the best I've felt in two to three years. I know I'm going to go out there and be who I am. So... Again, like you talk about just guys that, again, can outperform their contract expectations. And I really think he's one of those guys coming to the dome where the ball has a tendency to fly out at points. Like, I don't know. I I really like this one. And the other thing, too, and this might sound like old school cliche, eye roll, whatever. But like the dude's been on winning ball teams. He's been around winners. He knows what it takes to go through a season and win a division and then go through a playoff run and win a World Series. And I think. I don't think look at the guys they've signed. It feels like they've put an emphasis on let's get some good winners in this ball club, kind of more character guys, right? It'll also be interesting to see they're they're saying the way that they're going to play him is that he's going to significantly be the designated hitter throughout the season. I think when the, the signing was made originally, it was, oh yeah, this guy will pinch hit a whole bunch or he'll DH against in certain situations. Well, you know, Alejandro Kirk's the DH and certain days, George Springer's certain day, Bo Bichette's a certain day, but it looks like he's going to be pretty much the everyday DH. And that kind of makes you think like, are Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk not going to DH that much? Are they, you know, worried about those two and the versatility with them? So it is, it is interesting to see. It's not just like a platoon bat. He's legitimately like an everyday ad for the team. And like you said, tremendous amount of World Series winning pedigree. He was on two of those three San Francisco Giants World Series winning clubs played with a whole bunch of good players there. He'll bring that element of just kind of expecting success when he comes to the ballpark, that kind of thing to the team. You know, we, we both, we both agree. It's a little bit corny, but there is something to it. I mean, this is what we all said after they lost to Seattle is that a lot of things have to change. They appear a little bit too loosey goosey at times. They appear, I don't know, unfocused down the stretch last year in September they were fucking up in the outfield. They were fucking up on the base paths and it was frustrating. And then they went and completely flipped things around and now they have a very different look. So, I mean, we all wanted the change and here the change is. 
Yeah. And the other thing too, um, and I, mean, I think, I think our pod was guilty of this last season, but we sat there before spring training. We we're like, look at this lineup. Look how deep it is. Oh, how are you going to find at bats for everybody? How is everyone going to get enough plate appearances throughout the year? And then we kind of forget at this point in the off season that like guys are going to get hurt. Like even the chances of Vladdy Guerrero who played 160 games again last season, like the chances of this dude just never getting banged up at all in his career is very slim. There's a chance you might need someone to come in and spell him for a month. There's a chance that anyone, one of those outfielders, Kiermaier and Springer, those guys are each like locks to miss 30 games a season at this point in their careers. There's no guarantees that everyone stays healthy and getting pieces like a Brandon Belt is more difficult to do a month into the season when someone goes down with a banged up knee or something than it is right now when you can just sign these guys and bring them in. So it's depth. And like right now you might sit there and be like, oh, well, if you're going to DH them and then like, what does this mean for Jansen and Kirk? Are they going to get enough at bats? And then how are they going to handle the outfield? And is Vladdy going to be some of this stuff? I know this is maybe a lazy comment, but like it sorts itself out throughout the course of a season. Like everyone is going to get a chance to play. Yeah, there's always going to be there's always going to be chances. And I mean, we always we always think of the best case scenario. We always look at the lineup and we're like, this is the way the lineup's going to look every single day. But that it never happens that way. It literally never does. So add yourself a bunch of depth and they've gone and added a hitter here who now profiles very differently from the hitters they have up and down their lineup. I mentioned earlier, not only did they go from being very right handed to now kind of, you know, significantly more left handed, but there was an article at Fangraphs that came out yesterday, and this isn't really necessarily my forte. I'm not like a hard line baseball analytics type. We're both more baseball vibes types guys. But what this Fangraphs article said is that Brandon Belt beats the shit out of breaking balls. And the Jays had a hard time with breaking balls. So now you can't just have a pitcher come and consistently throw them the slider or the change up and whatever, have them just can like whiff through it nonstop because here's a guy that mashes that kind of pitch. If they're going up against, we, we, we all know, and this is an eye test thing. Like this is a, this isn't, this is an eye test thing. We all saw watching the Jays this year and last year was that you'd face some junk baller who throws like 92 miles an hour. And for some reason, despite the fact it looks like they should be teeing off on this guy, they're whipping through everything, but that's the kind of guy that Brandon Belt absolutely crushes. So if you have most of your lineup struggling with that profile of pitcher, then this is where Brandon Belt's going to shine. So, I mean, like we've said before, it's a nice way to like make the lineup completely different. Yeah. And I, and I like that point when you look at the off or the off season as a whole, it's like, you know, did they lose a lot of talent? Yeah, man, they did. Oscar Hernandez yeah. is a guy who, when he's hot, mashes the ball. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is a guy who has hit for 300 over long, long stretches. You maybe aren't as talented, but you're a more diverse lineup and you're a lineup that I also think will be harder to shut down because of what you mentioned with Belt, what you mentioned with a guy like Dalton Varsho, who can wreak havoc on the base paths as well, which is not something Gurriel or Hernandez can do. They were not good on the base path. So it just feels like this offseason, while maybe the power and the sexiness of this Jays offense won't be quite what it was last year with the mashers in this lineup where all nine guys could potentially hit 25 plus bombs. That's not there anymore this year. But what is there is a lineup that is more lefty righty balanced, a lineup that can hurt you in different ways as well. And Defense. I just I think that's a big positive for this team. And I think it, it shows the moves they've done, what this front office's goal really was from the start. 
They also went ahead and Mark Shapiro said early in the off season, we're not afraid to go past the luxury tax. It's not going to be an obstacle. And then here we are now in this belt signing puts them what, like 10 mils above the luxury tax. Now, like if you're a team that's pinching pennies and you're going to go, you know, from a hockey perspective, pretend it's the salary cap ceiling, you're going to go right to the top of the salary cap ceiling, uh, the hypothetical one, and just do that. And you're worried about not having to pay into the tax. If that's the team you're going to be, you're not going to go out and drop almost $10 million on Brandon Belt, who's in his mid-30s and may or may not be good. This is this this is a move that shows that Shapiro wasn't lying. And I mean, we have no you know reason to believe that he was jerking us around with that comment because you know that's a, that'd be an insane thing to do to attach that comment to your name and then not follow through with it. But, you know, there was still some worry. We, we, we've never seen the Jays go over the luxury tax threshold and now they have. So, I mean, it's interesting to see there's still quite a bit of time left in the off season. There's still guys left. There's still possible trades to be made, but then that also shows that when the trade deadline comes around, I don't think it's going to be difficult for them to find the cash to make a big splash. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, that was the big move from kind of the last week around the Blue Jays. Before we get to maybe what we'd like to see from them still this winter, uh, let's talk about the other trade they made quickly. Uh, Chavez Young going to Pittsburgh for Zach Thompson. Um, how am I supposed to feel about this? I don't know anything about Zach Thompson. Yeah, I didn't know Zach Thompson existed until yesterday, so I'm going to go ahead and pretend to be an expert on him. He had actually a quite good season in 2021 with Miami. He comes up and makes his big league debut, pitches 26 games, 14 of which are starts, and he posts a 3.24 ERA. And even the underlying numbers suggest he was pretty good. It was a 3.69 FIP. And then he goes to Pittsburgh in the trade for that catcher, Jacob Stallings, and he's quite bad. He was a mainstay in their rotation, made 22 starts, and puts up a 5.18 ERA. And if you're the kind of person that likes baseball savant and those sliders that they have, the red and blue things that go side to side that show whether a guy is good or bad, it was a lot of blue, which is not good. So he's getting hit hard. He's not striking guys out. It's not necessarily ideal. But with a trade like this, you're not looking for a number five starter. You're looking for who's going to make a spot start for you in July when somebody gets hurt. Think back to last year's Seattle series when they got swept and they had like, uh, I don't know, Thomas Hatch, Casey Lawrence, Anthony Banda was making, um, was doing openings. Sergio Romo was pitching multiple innings. It was terrible. And now in the past few weeks, they've added this Thompson guy who you look even in his bad season with the Pirates and it's like, four two-thirds innings, five innings, three earned runs, four innings, one earned run. Like, decent-ish logging inning starts better than what they got last summer. If that's your number seven starter and Drew Hutchison is your number eight starter, then that's fine. That's nice. Yeah, Drew Hutchinson, the 2015 opening day starter, coming back to the organization. And again, these ones, maybe not like belt, was about bringing up the floor of the depth on the active roster. Hutchinson and Zach Thompson are about bringing up the floor of the organizational depth, I guess is what I'm trying to say here. And you're right. Hopefully it's not an Anthony Banda. Hopefully you're not scrambling midway through the year to be like, well, let's just grab Sergio Romo and see if we can squeeze anything out of that. Like hopefully the depth is just more established from day one with this team and Guys like Hutchinson and Thompson can be down in AAA for a while. Then you need them. They come up and they're serviceable. You're not sitting there being like, oh, God, I hope they don't go 
go and give up 12 runs over these four games. And you're not going into like a double header being like, yeah, we're punting the first game by playing so-and-so. It's like, okay, no, this guy's going to come up from AAA and he's probably going to be able to give us three or four decent innings on most occasions. So I don't mind that. Uh, Junior Fernandez, um, he was DFA'd, correct? Yeah, they claimed him off of waivers in like mid-late December. And then he was the guy that was taken off the roster for Thompson. So Junior Fernandez was the guy we all thought was going to get DFA'd for Brandon Belt when that was made official. But instead, the name that winds up going, and this was kind of surprising. I'm not sure that this is who I thought was going to be the one to come off the roster at this situation, but I do kind of get it as Julian Merriweather is now gone. Yeah, The era is over. The Josh Donaldson trade tree is dead. The Josh Donaldson, the, the trade tree that goes all the way back to Sean Markham. Sean Markham was traded to the Milwaukee Brewers for Brett Lowry. Brett Lowry was traded as a part of the Josh Donaldson trade along with Kendall Graveman, Sean Nolan, for, jo- for Josh Donaldson, of course. And then Donaldson for the player to be named later that we all thought for many years didn't actually exist. He was just a name, a guy that was always injured but had tremendous upside, Julian Merriweather. It's finally gone the end of an era it's a sad time we'll always have those saves in april of 2021 though those were masterful and incredible i spe- performance. i specifically held on to that for a long time um, i was someone who every time he was close to getting healthy i was on this pod being like you know julian merriweather might be a guy who can catch lightning in a bottle for a couple of weeks and i mean not it, it's, it's unfair to say he never figured it out the dude just never really even got healthy. So I don't know. Um, this is nothing to me. The vi- vibes wise, seeing that just come across kind of the ticker, the news desk, if you want to call it that across Twitter, I was like, oh, Julian Merriweather gone. But then I was like, oh, I actually don't care at all about this because he wasn't <laughs> contribute. Yeah, I mean, even when he was healthy, like take a look back at the 2021 season. He comes in, he has those two great saves in April. And then he gets hurt, doesn't come back until September. And over the course of, here, here it is, eight and two-thirds innings, he allows seven earned runs. And then his last year, it's on and off the injured reserve. He goes 26 two-thirds innings, puts up a 6.75 ERA. It is what it is. Like It, it seemed like he had a difficult time uh, compensating when they cracked down on the sticky stuff. I don't know if that's actually a thing, but I've seen many people point that out on social media. So maybe that's a thing. But I will say with Julian Merriweather, what I do not want to see, and there's one thing I don't want to see, I'm, I, I would love to see the guy go and have a nice career somewhere, uh, figure it all out. But I do not want to see that he's been claimed by the fucking Tampa Bay Rays. And oh, you're going to no. turn him into the best seventh inning guy you've seen in your life. That's terrifying to me. It sounds possible. He's got all the tools to make it happen. He does. If the Rays, if the Rays grabbed him, they would make like one very slight tweak to like his slider, or they would make him only throw one pitch or something and it would work. And he would be so good. And he would be so good against the Jays specifically Mm -hmm. that it would be just, just terrible. So I I don't want to see that. I hope some other weird ass team, Arizona, Pittsburgh, someone like that goes and grabs him, or even better yet, hopefully he clears through waivers and goes to triple A. Yeah, I mean, that's always an option as well, right? Like, it could... Seems unlikely, though. I Yeah, it does seem unlikely. Um, let's... You talked about, you know, the belt signing surprising because we all expected them to maybe add another depth outfielder, kind of get that fourth outfielder spot sorted out. And a guy who 
does what Kiermaier and Varsho necessarily don't do well, and that is hammer left-hand pitching. So I, right now, like I said, Varsho, Kiermaier, Springer are your big three in the outfield. You have Kevin Biggio, who you can... I don't want him being my fourth outfielder. You can maybe trust no. him in some spot duty stuff here and there. Um, and I would even say same thing with Whit Merrifield as an outfielder. Like, I don't want that guy going on a run where it's like, oh, Springer's down for three weeks. Whit Merrifield, everyday right fielder. Like, that does not sound okay to me at all. Um, so they do still need to go out and sign a fourth outfielder. I love the idea of Andrew McCutcheon. I think he would line up with kind of what this team's been looking to do throughout the offseason, which has turned themselves into a winner. He's a good veteran. I wouldn't hate seeing McCutcheon. Are there other names out there that you like? Yeah, there's Adam Duvall as well. There's Robbie Grossman. Those are the two names that stand out from a they're actually good standpoint. I'm not sure Andrew McCutcheon really has much left in the tank. Last year with Milwaukee, over 580 plate appearances. And bear in mind, he is an everyday player in Milwaukee. He's not a platooner just going up against lefties. But he puts up a 700 OPS and he's largely DHing. He's not necessarily good enough to play in the outfield anymore and provide any value but I'm kind of on the same side as you here where I'd be all for Andrew McCutcheon just because of the vibes just because you know you have a former MVP he's another you know I mean all those years were with the Pirates so obviously he didn't see a tremendous amount of success in the playoffs but he's one of those cool guys who you'd like to see go to the World Series late in his career and get it done and it'd be super cool if that happened with the Jays It'd just be a, a, an interesting guy to have in the clubhouse. It was, it, it was, it was kind of the same thing last year when they grabbed Jackie Bradley Jr. He's obviously nowhere near the same player that Andrew McCutcheon was, but it was, it was just kind of a cool veteran to have on the team. It's kind of fun to watch him more so in the field than at the plate, but kind of same energy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I wouldn't mind McCutcheon at all. Um, a fourth outfielder feels like a box that they're going to check at some point here. I just really have a hard time believing they're going to go into the season with just those three. And then like, a, ah, maybe Bijou or Merrifield are good enough. I, I really do think we're going to get one more signing, but where I wanted to go next was actually the rotation for this team. Cause it feels like that is actually pretty set. And I wanted to get your thought on this. Cause you got Manoa, you've Gosman, Barrios, Chris Bassett, boom, big four, your five spot could be Mitch white. Could be you say Kikuchi. Eh. are you if they go in with that if they're taking a risk on kikuchi or white being number five are you okay with that yeah i don't think it's the end of the world i i really don't think it's that bad i i i I think we've we've written mitch white off way too quickly i i can understand why we've written you say kikuchi off because Mm -hmm. it was a long year of very unwatchable starts but we, we wrote Mitch White off a little bit too quickly. I think we should, um, the, thing to, the thing to look at here, I think, is go back to the 2020 season and look at how Ross Stripling performed in his first few outings with the Jays. He goes five games, two of those are starts, and he puts up a 6.32 ERA. He didn't look good at all, but we have to accept that maybe for a guy like Mitch White, he went to college in California. He came up through the Dodgers system. He's from there. Maybe getting moved across the getting moved across the country to a new country in the middle of the season when he probably didn't expect it to happen. He's not a guy on the trade block at all. He has multiple control years. It's probably a little bit jarring. And you know, you're adjusting to a new life in a new place, pitching in a new league. I mean, I I I wouldn't just write the guy off completely yet. And I mean, to expect maybe one of those two guys to be serviceable is pretty reasonable. 
I don't think it's an insane bet to make. I don't think we're coming into this season being like one of Casey Lawrence and Thomas Hatch is going to be a number five starter where we're, we have two reasonably established big league names to be a number five starter. It's not a huge ask. Yeah. Kikuchi finished the year with a better ERA than Jose Barrios. Well, it's because he was a bullpen ace. Yeah, he was. He was killing it in the pen. He was striking <laughs> everybody out. It was amazing. Those innings in the pen are actually why that stat is true. Kikuchi, 5.19. Barrios, 5.23. I would That's argue bad. that fifth spot is whatever. The most important factor in this rotation, like I am confident Alec Manoa can have a great season. I think he's that guy. Big Puma. I love him. Kevin Gosman, I think, can have a much better season than he did last year. Just, just off the Babbitt luck alone, Kevin Gosman can be expected to improve, I think, right? Better defense. It'll help it'll help yep. him a lot, I think. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, Chris Bassett, he's been pretty consistent throughout his career. I think you can expect good innings from Chris Bassett and not yeah. some crazy bad season like we got from Barrios. And Barrios is the guy that's more important to me than the number five spot. Because if Jose Barrios bounces back, like we are forgetting 12 months ago when we listed off who's going to be the best in this rotation, Jose Barrios was the opening day starter for this team. We seem to be forgetting that players can have bad seasons. I have always been someone to say that. And I don't think a Jose Barrios bounce back and him going from like a 5.23 to like a 3.2. I think he can give you next year what Kevin Gosman gave you this year in terms of numbers. Yeah. I mean, if he just goes back to being what he was when they got him back in the 2021 season, like, he makes 12 starts and puts up a 3.58 ERA. It doesn't necessarily, not necessarily ace stuff. It's not all-star stuff, but it's, you know, which, which team in baseball has a better number three than that who's putting up a 3.58? Like, it's it's really good stuff. But the weird thing about Barrios is, and I mean, we've talked about this nonstop because nobody has an answer to it, is why on earth was he so bad last year? Like, yeah. it's not like the velocity was going down. There was no talk about injuries, no talk about, you know, we had a blister like this is some Aaron Sanchez situation where he picked up his fucking bag and he dropped it and his nail ripped off and now he could never throw the ball again or whatever. It was it was just weird. And then he would have these these amazing starts where he's striking everybody out and then all of a sudden he comes out the next game and it's like a completely different guy. It makes no sense. So it's 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 weird to even think about what a bounce back looks like for him because what does that entail? What does he have to change in order to bounce back? It's 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 so bizarre to think about. I really truly have no idea what to expect from this guy. And I think that's an interesting point. Is like, yeah, we don't really know why things broke the way they did for Jose Barrios, but maybe Coomsey, because again, I'm just the guy who's here to talk. Maybe yep. that's just all the reason to think last year was bizarro and none of it made sense. And this year it'll correct itself. I don't know. He does have to keep the ball in the park. That was a big problem. He gave up one one and a half home runs for every nine innings. Like you're not going to be successful giving up one and a half home runs every nine innings throughout the course of a season. Like Stripling was under one, Gosman, Manoa, they were both under one. His whip was high, like all that stuff. If he, he sorts had- it out, there's a chance. You said who, which team in baseball is a better three. He might be there four. Which team in baseball would have it? No one's even close. If Barrios bounces back and Bassett is as advertised, I know I'm living in like a pie in the sky, best case scenario world. But no rotation comes close to that top four. You don't think so? I think I think you're probably right. If if everything bounces the right way, and here's another thing: 
uh, talking about bouncing the right way is what if you say Kikuchi is 2021 all-star? That's a thing that happened. You say Kikuchi 2021 all-star. You say Kikuchi. What if that happens too? I have way less faith than that. <laughs> I have, I have, okay, here's the thing. I have, I have probably about, and I don't know if, the, I don't know where the hell this thought comes from. I just, I just say things. Um, mm-hmm. I'm probably about the same with Jose Barrios bouncing back to being 2021 Jose Barrios as I am with Yusei Kikuchi being a really? bullpen ace, a good bullpen ace, not a good starter. I don't think he's going to be a good starter, but I'm very, I'm reasonably confident that I'm 65% confident that he can be a very good reliever for the Blue Jays. And I'm like 65% confident that Barrios can be a good starter as well. That's that's where I stand on both of these things. I mean, I'd love to see it from Kikuchi because they could use the left-handed arm out there. So, could. yeah, I want to pull up his game logs again and just quickly take a peek at how he did when uh, they started using him more in that role. Uh, his last appearance came in game 162 against Baltimore, and he went an inning and two-thirds, struck out two, didn't allow a run. And the actually, when you, when you go back, his last four appearances, one of them was even a three-inning appearance. He didn't give up an earned run in any of his final four appearances. So that would be four, five, six, and a third he went without giving up a run to end the season. So maybe a positive building block That's there. like a start. And that is like one whole start, except it was spread out <laughs> over the final 10 games of the season. Yeah. So Jesus Christ. <laughs> what are we talking uh, about? Here? Yeah. We are we are right in the we are right in the weeds of winter talk when it comes this to this is January baseball, baseball content. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you downloaded episode 125 of BJ and Radio for. Uh, okay. We want to talk, or I want to talk at least, about some of the other stories going on around baseball. But first, we're going to step aside for a quick ad. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. All right, Coomzy. Um, the Carlos Correa saga is over. Um, the three richest contracts handed out this winter to shortstops were just 
all handed out to Carlos Correa. Um, first, I don't, actually don't know if that's true. Just thought it was a funny joke. He signs with the Giants. Physical failed. Signs with the Mets overnight. Physical allegedly failed. Allegedly, the Mets just wanted to rework the deal, similar to San Francisco thing. Either way, he ends up back with the Twins on a deal that is worth <laughs> over $100 million less than either of the other two contracts he signed. But he's back in Minnesota. Today, he did the press conference and put on the new Twins jersey and was like, this is fresh. And I mean, if you were to, it's bananas that this happened. This is one of the wildest stories in all of sports. Yeah, so let me go through. Um, I've got the tweet here from Bill Plunkett that I think you were referencing. And this is the, the big contracts signed by the, the they're, they're called the big four shortstops in which six contracts were signed among them, three from Correa. The biggest one was the original Correa contract, which was 13 years, 350 mils from San Fran. The next biggest one was the Mets one, 12 years, 315 mils. And then you have Trey Turner with the Phillies, 300 mils. Then it's Xander Bogarts at 280 mils. And then it's Correa's third contract with 200 mils. And then all the way at the bottom of the big four is Dansby Swanson's seven-year deal at $177 million. Yeah, this is this is this is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. I really thought after the San Francisco thing that, that was just uniquely them messing up and that the Mets were gonna swoop in and make this happen, but I don't know, man. I I'd be a little skeptical if I were the Minnesota Twins. It does it does seem like when this is all said and done, given the money thrown around in baseball, that getting Carlos Correa signed for six years at 200 mils is really quite good. He was a very good player for the team last year. He led them in wins above replacement. I mean, there wasn't much else to like about the Minnesota Twins last year, so it's nice for them to get this player back. But, I mean, you you fail two separate physicals in the same offseason for two huge contracts, and it's kind of like, wow, like, how 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 broken are you actually what what's really going on here and but then you also have to wonder you know maybe it's a scott boris thing there's there's so many things behind the scenes we don't know that yeah maybe it's the teams maybe it's the agents who knows i think i think the winner of this whole situation is the twins though it seems they've there's a there's a little bit of risk a little bit of anxiety but they seem to have found themselves a good star player which is never a thing that happens for the twins and free agency I think it was BK who pointed this out, though. Like, they are also taking a chance. They're hinging, and their bet is that both Carlos Correa and Byron Buxton can stay healthy for the next number of years. And, like, (laughs) that is, again, I talked about Kiermaier and Springer being locks to miss 30 games. At this point, it feels like Correa and Buxton are locks to miss X amount of games as well. Play 30 games each a season? Yeah, play 30 games each. (laughs) Uh, But I... I don't know. You're right. The twins got their guy and they got him for a lot cheaper than they probably thought they were at the beginning of the season. Um, So in that sense, I think they are probably the big winners. And hey, Carlos Correa is still getting $200 million with some vesting options that can bring this up to like $275 million. So it's not like the dude has to, you know, sell his mansion or anything like that. He's he's making out just fine. Did you see what the Mets, what the Mets offered him? It was so they said, we'll guarantee you the first six years of this deal at whatever it was, like $175 million, less than what he wound up getting in the six years with the Twins. And then for the final six years of that deal to make it the, you know, 12 years, 315 mils that they offered, he has to pass an annual physical. So it's basically like an NFL-style contract where none of the money is guaranteed. And that would set a horrible precedent. The Players Association would be livid if he signed that. 
Yeah, I don't think he would have had much of an option to sign that because, like, what would have probably happened is year seven or whatever it is, right? He goes for his physical, and let's say that year his batting average has dropped to 250. He had a bad year. I guarantee you they'd find something in that physical. Let's say it gets to year seven and Carlos Correa is hitting 40 bombs a season and is just like this second coming of something. I guarantee you they'd be picking up those options regardless of his health. They'd be okay if, you know, his elbow was bugging him heading into the physical. But yeah, you're fine. So yeah, I would have set a very, very messed up precedent. So maybe for the sake of the players or not, maybe for the sake of the players, it's good that that didn't happen. Uh, let's talk about the AL East because I'm looking here at an article from The Athletic, which has the projected war for each team. Uh, the project, the Fangraphs projected war for each team. You got the Yankees, fifty-two point eight. They're first in the AL. The Rays, forty-nine point nine. Not only second in the AL East, but second in the American League. And then you have the Blue Jays, forty-nine point six, just point three behind the Tampa Bay Rays. Not only third in the American League East, third in the entire American League as well. The projection is that these three are going to be going toe to toe to toe all season in the American League East, and they will be the three best teams in the league as well. Um, But where I'm going to this, Coombsy, is fourth in the division is the Boston Red Sox, way down at 36.3, 11th in the American League, fourth in the AL East. They're better than Baltimore, really. Yeah, they have them higher than Baltimore by a hair. But what a a shit show of an offseason for them. Yeah, it's been horrendous. And they got the the thing that happened today was just just if if you're if you're a rival of the Red Sox, which we are, and I mean look, we we never sit here and wish injury upon player. We're not one of those kinds of people. But if you're if you're into seeing another team that you don't want to see win be miserable, then what happened today was like a master class and fuckery for the Red Sox. So earlier in the offseason, they go and decide okay, you know what, we're going to let Xander Bogarts, our internally developed World Series winning, you know, all-star infielder, the guy who's done all the right things. He he gives interviews in, in two different languages. He's well-liked around the city. He's well-liked in the clubhouse. They say, fuck off, you can go sign somewhere else. Signs with San Diego. And this is one year after they gave a big money deal to Trevor Story, a player who everyone's nervous. This guy can't be a shortstop long-term because he has elbow issues. Trevor Story, after his first season with the Red Sox, has to undergo Tommy John (laughs) in January. And he's probably going to miss all of 2023. So now the Red Sox don't have a shortstop or a second baseman. And they're just hooped. So (laughs) them being at number four on that list seems pretty generous to me. They kind of look like garbage on paper um and i mean that's always semi-dangerous to oh yeah whenever the red sox look bad and you think they're going to be bad they're going to win 96 games and their best guy is going to be you know like in 2013 shane victorino johnny gomes uh, fucking whoever else and they're going to win the world series yeah and that's exactly what i was going to say they're also coming off a bad season they only won 78 games um so yeah i just it makes me nervous like watch chris sale is going to be cy young winner next year and they're just going to have this crazy good rotate i don't even know things will find a way to break their way um but on paper at least the red sox look like garbage uh yankees rays jays red sox orioles if you had to power rank the american league east how would you have it right now um i would have it as the yankees one and the jays two and then tampa three and baltimore four boston five because i imagine the list didn't take the story thing into consideration 
Yeah, and, so with, and that's with, with, yeah. Without story, they're number five for sure. I think. Yep. Also, the Orioles won eighty three games last season, and I think with some of their young talent, it's reasonable to expect that they could maybe take a jump up again. Maybe they can be an eighty six win team. Wouldn't surprise me. Did they add anyone? They signed what was it, Kyle Gibson? Who was the guy that the Jays were in the mix for in the winter meetings where we were like? Oh God, this is who they're in the mix for. And then he winds up signing with Baltimore. Yeah, they got Kyle Gibson and Michael Givens. They signed Adam Frazier. Um, they traded for James McCann as well. Um, so it wasn't overly impressive, but it wasn't disastrous like Boston's. No, it was only like they got actively worse. Yeah, like, so that's what I mean, right? Yeah, but it's not like, you know, you would have thought that they would have had the kind of off season the Jays did after, you know, the Jays had their little breakout season. They go what 31 and 29 in the COVID year, kind of like a 500 team. And then, you know, they go and sign George Springer and Marcus Semyon. It's a huge off season. And then mm-hmm. the, the, the Orioles just didn't do that. Yeah. Kind of enough. disappointing for their fans. I feel bad for them. Yeah. Do yeah. I? I don't know. I don't know if I actually care. I think it's kind of funny. Yeah, I, I don't really feel sympathy for anyone else in the American League East. Um, I only feel <laughs> self-pity for us Blue Jays fans because the division's too good. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, well, we'll lead towards wrapping this bad boy up one more time. Shout out to our friends at Points Bet Canada. As always, they're your number one spot. If you're better in Ontario, check them out. Tons of really cool basketball stuff as well. For So for you Raptors fans listening to this pod, uh, Points Bay Canada doing some cool stuff. Coomsy, you enjoy the rest of your time in Brazil, and I know you'll be back up home in snowy Canada in about, what, three weeks? I'm back at the end of January, correct? End of just, January. I'm, I'm unfortunately just missing the Jasper Pond Hockey Tournament. Mm, oh, yeah. I know. That, yeah. Is actually, that is actually really sad. That's tough because I wanted to be there, you know, throwing cross checks in front of the net and shouting at guys and doing what I do on the ice. Well, that'll have to <laughs> wait another year, I suppose. Uh, Coomsy, safe travels when that time's come when that time comes for you, and we'll chat later. Best wishes. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com 
for terms. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.